side of uh, episode 115, Lost Dial, powered by allnoiseradio.com. We're back. I'm set. I'm set. This is I'm set off of the new Gooty Mob. It's amazing they didn't put an exclamation point at the end of that, because that's... Or put it in all capital letters, because that I just... That little, what's so appealing about this song? What would you call it? I mean, that's that's. It's it's a it's like a a, a hype anthem. Here it is. Crank it. Uh-huh. The horns. The horns. The horns. Oh, Trumpets, maybe. God. It's, it's brilliant. It's um there. It's like a call to arms in a sense. Like, all right, let's go. I like CeeLo's verse too. There should be a proper uh, title for for that sort of uh, ingenious. Uh, there probably it's, is. It's a. Uh, it's like of an old. Almost time. like a crescendo, but mm. not like, a crescendo. That's when like it gets like really. I think. Oh man, I, I'm putting myself on the spot again. I feel like. You, yeah, you have no idea what you're talking <laughs> about. I know what it is when I hear it. Like that. Like, it builds itself up and then kind of just drops. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. I won't say it's riveting, <laughs> but it's riveting. But for me, it's, it's, it's great, especially driving to, or even when I'm at work. You know what that sound? It gives me amped. It gives me... Like, if, if you're on a really busy stretch of interstate and you come up over a hill mm-hmm. and, like, down. you're watching the oncoming traffic coming up over and all of a sudden in your mind, like, you just start... You... 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 You pause at the right moment, too. <laughs> you make everything just start to, like... It's like people who, like, are constantly creating movies in their in their mind of just, you know, simple everyday like things you see. And, like, what I would do is I would slow down the traffic uh, coming on the opposite side of the interstate coming up over the hill, and that would be perfect, like, to, to put to it that... It's like the... Of like an action sequence, almost like you're just about ready to, like, okay, let's do this. And you come around the bend on 84, and you're driving like you can see the skyline of Hartford, and then all of a sudden a mushroom cloud appears in the background. A wave, in a sense. Yeah. So I know what you're talking about. Yeah, because yeah. that's what I hear. That's kind because of how I feel you know Sterling, and I've said it once before. Um, the world should bow down before us because we are creative. We are creative people, and we don't get the appreciation that we deserve. We are artists. We are creative. It's and bold. Yeah. <laughs> We're bold. 
So I guess that was just a, a taste of our, our review of this album. Have you listened to it a few more times? Since? No, that's the only track I've listened to, actually. Really? To be completely honest. Oh <laughs> I'm so stuck on just that one uh, track, yeah. Sorry to break the news. The album itself is like maybe now. 47 minutes, um, which for me is always a disappointment because, I mean, you can relate to this. Back in the day when we actually bought CDs, yeah, the CDs were packed. They were up to like the 72 or 78 to minutes. To the gills. Yeah, <clears throat> however long. What I do like is that they brought back the uh, interludes because mm-hmm. um, most albums I listen to now, they don't have those anymore. Yeah. But you don't usually find them on rap albums anyway. But right. There's a few of them on there. Which are, you know, should we say hip hop albums? Hip hop, yeah, we'll yeah. say hip hop because okay. that's, that's what these guys are. True. Um, <clears throat> it definitely filled a, a hip hop void that I've been feeling uh, as of late. Lately. Because um, my other, I don't want to call them go to artists, but artists that are in the mainstream, they haven't been doing it for me. Um, Absolutely not. I already knew Kanye West was going to be a disappointment because I was like, it's very dark. And then when I listened to it, I'm like, yep, that's kind of what of the I expected. stupid name he named his baby. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> um, Let's not and say we did. <laughs> Jay Z, who I've never really been a huge fan of anyway, was mm, eh. Eh. Uh, was that video he just released uh, got like 17 million likes or views like within a it, minute? Dude. I still haven't seen it yet though. Him, and there's people him and, uh, J uh, J T Justin Timberlake, yeah. um, who actually um, I heard uh, VMAs. No, he he said something about. He'd like to play the Riddler in this new uh, hmm. Batman. If uh, something about you know the whole you know the word about uh, Ben Affleck, what we were talking before, mm-hmm. gets the role of Batman, he would like to play the Riddler. It's the one villain mm-hmm. that he would want to play more than any other villain. If they were even thinking of putting the Riddler in this. That'd be pretty cool, actually. Yeah, thinking about it. Yeah. Riddler is one of those uh, characters. Well, I mean, who played him in the Schumacher? Uh, Jim Carrey. Yeah. Which I it was liked. Just like. What the fact Jim that he Carrey was wearing him. green tights and you could see his ding dong throughout Not the whole. Yeah, <laughs> just just his his like um, eccentric, eccentricness, just yeah. his insanity. Um, Riddler's one of them. Uh, you made it fun and funny, so. They need to bring, they need to, yeah, they need to do a modern day, um, uh, or the realistic down to earth version yeah. of a Riddler. One that's not just so over That would have been interesting if, cause I understand, you know, uh, Christopher Nolan, you know, he only did his three, but if he somehow or another maybe he, did another one or incorporated the Riddler into one of those three, it's, uh, he's a villain that I would like to see more of actually. Hmm. Um, well, he would serve like in the Dis- Justice League movie, which is something I wanted to bring back up with uh, Ben Affleck. He's in, I believe he's in talks to direct it. Right. Um, but like, say if the Riddler were to make an appearance, uh, back to Christopher Nolan, that's actually what I meant to say is um, he would probably be serving as an executive producer. So he wouldn't really have his hands on like he did with uh, Man of Steel or this next coming movie. But he'd still be in those you know meetings saying, okay, let's. Let's keep it realistic. That's all I got to really say. Mm-hmm. This is your baby or whatever. Um, if you got a problem, you know how to call me. Because he's working on his own movie right now. I think it's called Inner Space, I think. Inner Space? I think that's what it's called. And I already forgot what it's about. But I feel like it's has something to do with the mind, even though there's also a Pixar movie coming out with the same premise. It's more about emotions, though. I'm jumping all over the place. Mm. So, But there's some interesting things coming next year 
Let's hope. <laughs> Let's hope. Because I'd really like to go to the movies with you, and I'd like to actually see something that I'm not planning on just wasting a couple hours. Hmm. I want to go to see a movie where we walk away, and we're just like crawling out of the place like snails because we're, we no longer have the use of our legs because the movie was that draining hmm. mentally, physically, emotionally, yada, 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 yada. I don't know. There's only you know few, what I'm saying? I kind of do. There's only a few times it's actually not, not that draining, but where I've actually walked away from the theater just like, oh, my God, what just happened? Mm. Um, and, yeah, as you know, I'm a big Chris Nolan fan. Uh, Inception, that's what happened. I'm like, whoa. Um, mm. And the other one, which, I mean, it wasn't draining. It was just it made me appreciate colors after I left, and that was the film uh, Sin City because it was black and white. And every once in a while, there's a few specks of colors here and there. But after I left the theater, um, I was in New York at the time, and everything that I saw was just like technicolor. It was pretty cool. Yeah, maybe I should find someone else to go to the movies. <laughs> <laughs> but there's just certain things that make me appreciate other things. Um, should we... Uh... Did you want to go to Breaking Bad, or you want to talk about... Well, because it's hard maybe to do a review if you only listen to it once. Of, I know. know I probably album. should have given. I probably should have given you a heads up earlier. Yeah, because that's, that's I, what I, I did. I, I, I was like, okay, we're going to review this album. I should listen to more than one, just you know, a couple songs. I wouldn't mind hearing uh, if we just went through a couple seconds of each track and just uh, kind of give a few thoughts about it. Even yeah. though you, you only let's, give. Let's a, do that now. All right, we'll, we'll go now. Now, the first track that we started part A with is actually the first song on the album, which is called "You Don't Know What You Got." Um, and there are some featured people in here, but. I don't know who's featured in the song, so probably know it's just them. But it starts nice. Like I said, this album's like 45 minutes long, so it goes by pretty quickly. Um, hey, is that my Sharpie? I don't know. It was over there on the table. I don't know why I grabbed that. I thought I was going to use it for something. You could still use it if you'd like, but the one that I was using uh, kind of is running out of uh, steam. Oh, I didn't even use it. I thought I was going to. Um, so, yeah, we heard that one earlier. Then it goes to State of the Art. Uh, Radio Killer, and hey, um, some of these tracks I didn't. I, I wanted. I wanted to go into deep research and go to like rapgenius.com and mm -hmm. look up each song and see what they meant. Um, CeeLo described this song as being uh, kind of a preview of what the rest of the album would be like. And uh, my understanding of the song is, hey, we're coming to turn this up just a little bit. <clears throat> This puts to shame anybody in the mainstream right now, whether they call themselves rappers or hip hop artists. I'm sorry. This and that that particular what you're saying is what I feel is uh, reflected in not only this song but um, Father Time, which is the last track of this album, which we'll get to you know it's, when we get to it. It's brilliant. This is brilliant. I'm sorry, and I'm only I'm hearing this for the first time, and again, <laughs> it's um. I mean, but I'm a fan of um, I'm a fan of Goody Mob anyway. But <clears throat> well, that's that's what I like about these. At first, when I first listened to it, I was listening to the music, but then the second time, or third, fourth, I'm listening to their words and what they're saying. Like, it's it's such a um, it's such a hypersensitive mix of. Um, God, it's hard. It's hard to even. 
There, there's uh, there's some minds uh, in the hip hop world, uh, and more more or less, they're people that have been around or they came out of a different era. Mm-hmm. Era, not necessarily this. Um, pardon my language, but era of um, it's just a disgrace. But uh, I don't know. It's um, it's it's just it's ingenious and it's unique and. Uh, not in the sense of how we had that discussion about Kanye West and he's got that, you know, killer album in his back pocket and mm-hmm. he just, he does this wacky, weird stuff to be like, you know, when people start to doubt him, he'll be like, boom, shakalaka. <laughs> and, you know, he'll gross $27 zillion because it was, you know. Triple platinum. Just right. But um, this is truly, it's bizarre. A sampling of uh, Moody Blues here. Hmm. This song <laughs> is uh, power. Mostly, you just hear CeeLo, mm-hmm. and his. This song is about his perspective on white power. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, Moody Blues. <clears throat> so yeah, what I liked about this song is uh, it's basically his perspective of what he, what you know, uh, what I'm trying to say. I don't know. I, I think it speaks for itself, actually. I don't really have to break down each song for you. Just uh, basically how silly uh, um, ignorant white people are? No, it's um, <laughs> about that they kind of have the power to give you you know, deals or money. It's like, hey, you know, we think you're this kind of person. We'll give you money to do it. And I'm like, mm, no, I'm not like that. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know it's like I said. They're they're lyrics that you that make you think. It, it's a shame. It's what I the, like about like with the roots and and most definitely Talib quality. It's a shame that the power that so much power lies in the hands of white people. Right. Yeah. And this is coming from a white person saying this, but I'm. Yeah, it's 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 obvious. You're I'm, you're in touch. You're not out of touch. Yeah, yeah I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit there and be like you know defend my uh, my race <laughs> uh, because I am a white person mm-hmm. no I'm sorry no. but uh, it is a shame that um that uh, the world has gotten you know <laughs> that's another one of those little oops, yeah. another interlude right there it's short Shh. silence the new hate properly coming after uh, the power about the white, mm. white power so and then after that so I'm set which we listen to which you know, I could listen to all day well oh man I can't even say it it's not hallelujah hallelujah okay it's about with a B hallelujah yeah again just more you know some you know good hip hop there um, I can't really remember what the song is about until I get to the chorus uh, we're already like 15 minutes in Good stuff. Uh, what I, the other thing, the overall feel of the album, it's almost filling my outcast void only yeah. because they're you know, you know yeah, dungeon was, family. So I yep, I was kind of um, in the background trying to come up with um, what, what you basically just said. Yeah, I was right. uh, trying to put words to my feeling as far as because uh, <laughs> it's, it's that you know. That whole Atlanta thing, it's got definitely got the Atlanta vibe to it. Right. Um, it feels classic. It feels 
but um, there there is a couple divisions um, of the Atlanta vibe. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the totally mainstream uh, bullet. Atlanta. <laughs> you had to bring it back again. Sorry. Um, work and I'll, and I normally don't do this, but I, I, you know, I feel passionately about it. And then there is, you know, that air era um, of which, you know, Outcast mm-hmm. and you know, Goody Ma. You, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, and I then, do, yeah. and then there's, uh, you know, a couple other era, eras where um, Atlanta. Atlanta-based hip-hop um, boomed, whether you thought it was good or not. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now, before you continue any further, this is actually something I, I remember tweeting, or I think we were tweeting. No, they tweeted about it. Um, Who's the they? girls of Catnaps and Cognac? They the uh, had a, the ladies. They had a question about, um, I think maybe your favorite hip-hop era, or not not necessarily era. Maybe it was more like a group because they had like Bad Boy and they had Rough Riders and all of them, and. Um, You've been talking about trying to get them back on the show again, so either Who? we were on their show or they're on our show. Oh, the girls? This is, yeah, this is something we should you know, talk about and kind of bring up, so that's why I'm putting it um, out there. So I would love to it. be on their show. Yeah, which you missed out last time since you had to run off to do whatever you had to do. So Wait, you went to New York? No, they were here. Remember when they came here? Did you forget? The last time we did a show with them? Yeah. And they were here. And I had, and to, had to leave... leave. Okay, yeah, yeah, and then you guys did a show. Yeah, right. Right. Why did I have to leave that day? I don't know. Maybe you had maybe you had to go tend to family matters or I don't know. I'm sure it was something like that. Family matters, huh? Yeah. <laughs> what was uh what was uh what was his name, the main uh the, the father in Family Matters? <laughs> Reginald something. Yeah, Reginald. I don't remember his um, And his wife. She was uh she she kinda reminds me of the lady from um San Diego. <laughs> I what was her name? I don't, her know, name? I don't know either of their names. I don't know either of their names. <sighs> this song here is Pinstripes featuring T.I., another Atlanta rapper, who I've never really listened to. No. Um, but, I mean, sometimes if a rapper is featured with other rappers that I like, I might give them a shot Yeah. And start listening to some of their stuff. But he seems to me, T.I., I mean, and I don't really want to make too many judgments because, like I said, I've never listened to him, but... He kind of fits into that, what you're talking yep, about. Absolutely. Um, but uh, he's also, obviously, must be pretty cool. Big Boy as well, because they were in the movie together, um, ATL, which I've never seen either. Yeah, no, I haven't seen it. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if you've even talked about it, but, um, I mean, it made a, it made for a great album, but uh, help me out. I'm, now I'm drawing a blank on the name of it. What was it? Um... Big Boy and Andre are in it. Uh, Idlewild? Yeah, Idlewild. Did you see that? Yeah, have it. All right. Maybe, uh, maybe I don't know why I've never seen it, but when that was released as a album, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I was living down in Pennsylvania at the time, and I just went, uh, it was amazing. I just like... And you only find a handful of songs actually in the movie, because it, it was supposed to be more of a, um, a compliment to it. The movie itself features music, uh, at least Big Boy's side from Speaker Box. Mm. So, I mean, it's it's a good mo- It's not a great movie, but it's a good movie. I, I like it because, you know, I like Outkast. So, so I definitely the, say we The album it out. was uh, great. Yeah. <clears throat> and, yeah, it was good. Um, Pinch Traps, I can't really tell you too much about what the song is about. Uh, after listening to it so many times, and this, I do this with all albums I actually listen to through Spotify. 
um, I start taking out songs like, okay, I got enough of that one. I probably wouldn't keep playing it over and over again. I don't have a problem with Pinstripes, but it might actually be one of those songs I would take out my mm-hmm. playlist. Um, <laughs> I seem like it sounds like it's counterintuitive what I'm saying, but mm. whatever. It's not a bad song. Special Education. I like Special Education. It's a song. It's pretty much saying, hey, you know, be yourself. Um, I, in my, you know, just very short synopsis of it. But it's a great anthem, especially back to school time. The video. Oh, right. the, the kitties are back in school. Yeah, they, they are. Yeah. yeah. The video actually takes place in a school, and it shows like young versions of the Goody Mob and uh, Janelle Monae, who's singing on this particular track. What was um, Dungeon Family's album from twenty years ago, where they showed uh, even in darkness, in, or yeah, even in darkness. Is that what it is? Even yeah. in darkness. And the Ingenious. only song I heard from it, which I liked, was uh, <laughs> okay. I, it's the only song I heard was uh, wait, you've Trans only DF heard Express. One song from that album? Only one. That you're familiar with? Yeah. I never actually heard the entire album itself. Why? Because Spotify didn't exist then. (laughs) I know. It's sad. For the next time we record... Yeah, I should have it listened to by this. Okay. And we'll dedicate a whole show to it. Um, See what I can do. Uh, Special Education, this is one of those songs I would actually listen to a lot. It's got a really great bass line to it. So turn it up. Even if your bass in the car doesn't work that well, it still will make your the back of your seat vibrate. So it's awesome. Plus, I love the message behind it. Yeah, crank it and make your make your car rattle like it's uh, like you're driving one of them um, inner city um, rice burner hoopty accords or not accord. Uh, oh, that's what I drive. Yeah, but like an old school one from like. Whoopty. 1995, where the whole thing rattles. Or a spec. Because you got these big Walmart subwoofers in the trunk. Have you ever been in a spec? Or a Spectrum, or whatever it's called. It's a really tiny, tiny car. Nah. It's it's tiny. Um, But yeah, this song is all about being original, being yourself, uh, being special. Be different. So... I love it. Um, Turn it up just a little bit. Please. I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's great. <clears throat> uh, we're gonna skip ahead and get moving this. on. Moving on. Ghosts of Glory, uh, Good Child. This was a. This is a song that kind of tells a story. I'm assuming about some, maybe a fan of hip hop. Uh, yeah, she's a fan of hip hop, if not a maker of hip hop music herself. Her father disapproves. I guess at some point she dies, and this song is kind of in remembrance of her. I don't know if it's about a real person or not. Like I said, I didn't get Sasha to go do Thumper. research. <laughs> yeah, good callback there. Um, it's a good song. She got found in the back of a school with a needle in her arm, baby, too much deuce. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> For all I know, maybe it's, just, oh, it's not the same person. This person. I was hoping to see her in the front row of my show. <laughs> That's a great song. <clears throat> Miss Andre. Uh, but yeah, it's a... Good little song there. That song brings tears to my eyes every time I hear it. Mm. This is Colors. Now, at first, I wasn't sure what the song was about, but after several listening to the songs, um, 
it's kind of about basically about gangs and violence and what, did uh, I just draw? what the colors represent. I uh, don't know what that is. Oh, come on, man. At first, I was going to say it looks like the USB symbol, but it's not that. The no, pawn it's, it's symbol? The USS Enterprise. Oh, <laughs> okay. Was I pointing to the right thing? Yeah. yeah. Well, because I was just looking at the, the circle. With it's, the a little, it's a little doodle of the Starship Enterprise. So, yeah, this is colors spelled with a K. Um, talks about, you know, their perspective on, like, gangs and gang life, <clears throat> the violence that comes from it, and colors that are associated with gangs. Uh, another sort of storytelling thing, but, you know, socially conscious, good song. Starts off slow, later gets to a nice beat later on. Uh, Come As You Are is the next song now. Let me turn this up a little bit, please. It's a fantastic album. Yeah, you'll <laughs> just do it once. Uh, but I can, I can already put my stamp of approval on it. It's definitely good. Like I said, the whole album itself is good to drive to. It's good to work to. Um, some of the songs actually feel like they could have been a continuation of uh, CeeLo's album. Mm-hmm. Uh, or even Narwhal's Barkley, for that matter. Uh. Um, one song I'm actually getting to, which is... Uh, at the time, when I, first, when I only listened to it once, the only song I caught on to was Amy. Uh, Amy is basically a song, uh, again, by CeeLo, about having, you know, I guess, his first white girl or girlfriend or whatever. And like, hey, I can sort of kind of relate to that. The first time he put his penis in a white girl? He doesn't actually say that, but oh. it might be implied. Right. Or maybe it's just a relationship that he had with a white girl who happened to be named Amy. So, yeah. Um, this one is about, basically, I guess, this is called Nexperience. Nexperience? Nexperience. Nice. Um, I would assume, I would interpret it as CeeLo's uh, just experience being CeeLo after, you know, his fame has rose in the past couple of years with, you know, Lady Killer and uh, <clears throat> The Voice. It's just my interpretation. The enormous boom in his uh, career. Right. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a lot of people <clears throat> um, who's never heard of Goody Mob or even knew that CeeLo was from Goody Mob that would be hearing this album. I'm like, oh, okay. Not to be confused with Goody Proctor or uh, Goody Nurse or uh, um, any of those goodies from the movie... Uh, uh, the Crucible, oh, starring okay. Winona Ryder and Daniel oh. Day-Lewis about the Salem witch trials. Gotcha. And all the women are goody, whatever. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> uh, all right. <clears throat> this is a short little song called The Both of Me. What is it? The Both of Me. The Both of Me? Yeah. Uh, it's nice. It's a nice little thing. Uh, it's a nice little ditty. Yeah. It's talking about uh, what... Uh, being a black man versus the n-word so uh, yeah it's about a minute long it's uh almost seems like spoken word which a lot of these songs can be it's amy oh nice yesterday 
It's nice and soulful. I like it. I love it. <laughs> My very first white girl. It, it's great. I love it. I absolutely love it. And we're skipping through to Understanding, which I don't really care for that much. It's probably one of the only songs. Give it a couple more listens and... Uh, I, I mean, I have it. I don't skip over it unless I'm like, yeah, I really like, okay, oh, I want to get to it. I, I didn't show you this. That was odd. He just reached down to his crotch and pulled out a little gun, which is like a laser gun or something. It's making little <laughs> noises. Um, understanding is about um, the uh, the side chick that wants to be, uh, I guess, the wife, really. Wants to be the main chick. Oh, yeah. It's mellow. The, the main bitch? <laughs> it's, it's mellow and kind of, you know. Again, it's got that uh, old outcast feel to yep. it. Absolutely. I can't think of the exact song I'm thinking of that reminds me of, but mm. uh, not bad. Uh, another interlude there, Uncle Red's interlude. And last song is Father Time, which is definitely about, for me, well, it's what was written is said that it's about um, them being fathers, but I see it more as them being like fathers of hip-hop in a sense, yep. saying, hey, we've been around for a long time. This is what we see. We've seen people grow from us. Uh, and we deserve um, proper respect. Yeah, that's what I get from it. That's Father's Time, and that is Age Against the Machine. It's excellent. Yeah. Check it out. Give it a... Devote some time to it. Buy it on um, iTunes. Buy it on Amazon. Get a physical disc if you'd like. Or and if you're not it. familiar with Goody Mob, go back and uh, pull up um, back their catalog. archives. Yeah, yeah, back catalog. Yeah. Because um, it's definitely um, a collection of music over the t- over uh, a pretty decent time span. Um, Almost like twenty years, maybe. Yeah, and it's pretty much as long as Outkast has been around. So. It's it's definitely worth uh, getting familiar with. It's if worth you're your not. investment, <clears throat> your musical investment. If you're looking for good, you know, hip hop music out there, yeah. which you know we we can talk a little bit more about later, but whatever. You want to end on this song, or you want to play something? Else? Uh, yeah, let's go out on this number. Um, we'll be back uh, with episode 115 of the Lost Dial, powered by AllNoiseRadio.com, right after these. Thanks for listening to The Lost Dial. If you like our podcast, please rate us and comment on iTunes and Podbean.com. Also, check out our friends Aaron, Andy, and Amacy at The Porchcast, and Didi and Ariel at Catnaps and Cognac. Both can be found on iTunes and Podbean. And now, back to the show. Right, that is uh, from Even in Darkness. Uh, six minutes, Dungeon Family, you're on. Very, very nice. Yes, uh, welcome back to uh, 
episode 115 lost dial powered by allnoiseradio.com back with you uh it's probably about that time uh, we've been building up to it i know and by the time this comes out we're probably going to be on a well with the next episode which how many episodes are left uh, how many episodes aired already five six seven eight five five i'm getting confused because um and this this can segue into it uh also was still watching under the dome they have three episodes left which stars dean norris um i thought that was going to be like a like a series yeah i'm still confused I, i'm pretty sure that they're going to do a second season so it's no longer really considered a mini series anymore i guess it's actually going to be a show coming back next summer hmm. um but um yeah I, what happened the other day or the last episode which I, again we're going to get into in a second but the fact that Breaking Bad comes on Sunday night, Under the Dome comes on Monday night, I get confused because Dean Norris, you know, being that central link in a similar character, uh, he beats up Walt. But then in Under the Dome, Dean Norris' character is all beat up. I'm like, wait, didn't he beat up Walter White? Some, somebody beats the crap out of his character in Under the Dome? Right, and I, and I was kind of confused because I didn't remember exactly when that happened. So... Yeah, I, I get confused. And I've been hearing all sorts of mixed reviews about Under the Dome, and I actually went out and purchased Under the Dome. Why do you do these things? You can get it like, you know, <clears> like, <throat> there's other ways you, you before you, you just spend your money all willy-nilly. I, I, wanted, like I wanted the physical book. I wanted oh, the, the book. physical. Oh, I thought you went and bought the, uh, the show, because you can pre-order it. That's why. Get out of town. No, I, because of the mixed reviews I'm hearing about this stupid show. <laughs> no, I, uh, you actually weren't interested before. Yeah, well, more interested in actually getting the physical novel. Oh. And it's a big one. Uh, yeah, and just to let you know, they from what I'm hearing, they do deviate from it. And it's all like with Stephen King's blessing. He's fine with it. So even what you read in the novel, I guess at some point it's going to start going off. Because there's characters that I know that are killed in the novel that are still alive. Now. There's so, so many characters. That's the thing. Yeah. Um, so right off the bat with the novel. Um, <clears throat> and it's gotta be a good one. Stephen King, he, he admits, um, even in his, um, uh, little passage he writes in the beginning, uh, that he loves a generous helping of, uh, characters, hmm. but you got, Sometimes it's overwhelming, dude, and it's got to be a, a book that catches you and, and, and picks you up right off the bat. So and the it, characters actually be likable? Yeah, because if, if, if it's a weak... I don't know why I'm asking. If it's a, if, if it's a weak beginning to a, a story, a novel, what have you, if it's weak and there's a zillion characters right off the bat... I'm sorry. It's just hodgepodge. And it would be great if in, I'm giving another call back and sort of shout out to Melissa Donovan, who, you know, uh, writing forward. Um, oh, yeah. The one who said that I should probably watch it before I yeah, spout off at the mouth. Because she'd be a great person to talk to all about character development. That's because that's what you're describing. Because mm -hmm. um, you need to have great characters if you want people to stay interested in whatever it is you're either writing or right. showing on TV. Because if you have characters nobody cares about, then right. I'm not going to really watch the show. And that's the problem with Under the Dome is 
even now there are still characters on that show like you know i really don't care yeah. if you die yeah i'm more interested in the supernatural of what's going on like mm -hmm. why is this dome here why are these characters important to the dome and you know stuff like that yeah the characters themselves i don't care like if you know they end up getting hit by a truck which um so you know yeah. what stephen king does though i mean he he um a good majority of his novels uh, take place in these small uh, little villages, little towns in Maine. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, even though it's a, a small town, the element of everybody, you know, the community is so um, interlaced and everybody knows everybody. Right. That's where he goes into, you know, the huge... Um, backstory of them or yeah right off the bat you know he has to introduce you to every member of each kind of like group of yeah I that's, mean, that's what it's a small town but episode. jesus there's a lot of people he's throwing at you right off the bat and that's part of what <clears throat> i find hilarious about under the dome and probably not intentionally hilarious but with each episode there's some kind of town-wide calamity and the next episode that follows you kind of forget about the calamity that happened before mm -hmm. like there's a big epidemic that happens and everybody is most mm -mm. most of the town is like quarantined in this one building and then the episode after that there's mass riots because people are worried about water mm -hmm. and then the episode after that there's a fight club and like half most of the town seems to be in that fight club so mm -hmm. like do we not remember and and so far in the show only like 10 days have passed uh. so it's only like every other day there's like some kind of event and nobody remembers like hey, remember yesterday when your mother died and you know you're not crying about it anymore you're not yeah. even grieving so the the whole element of uh small town living and everybody knows everybody so it, it it that comes along with it the introduction to a zillion characters um and and yeah there are a lot of characters in this show and like yeah so i guess the show is trying to tackle all these characters and you know did you ever see i don't know if he actually ever i think he did start writing it but it never became it was almost like they did the show first and then he wrote it uh it was storm of the century do you remember that I remember, they played on sci-fi network a lot yeah i never watched it but I, I remember i remember it being a stephen king thing yeah well he did do it that was a movie it was okay. it, it it started as a mini series and then he wrote it afterwards it was like a experiment he did oh, okay. but that's based on uh it's a it's a it's an island town that pops up in a couple of his books but a uh, little tall island or something and it's basically the, oh what is it two towers not two towers dark tower series no 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 no, no. okay um but anyway, it's the storm of the century. It's a huge blizzard, and the whole town is basically quarantined in the town hall while this whole thing is going on. Mm -hmm. And it's like, boom, you have to know everybody in this town because they're all in the town hall throughout the entirety of this blizzard that takes three days. And it's like, oh, man, dude, there's so many people. And just like what you said. Uh, two seconds ago, somebody's mom hung themselves in the bathroom, and it's like... They moved on from that. Right, because there's like, so many you know, new characters that are being introduced in their backstory. It's like... You, you don't really have time to process right. all of it, and neither do the characters, because I'm still thinking, like, okay, this, this chick that lost her mom, she'd still be you know, sad. I'm like, you know, I don't want to go on this adventure. <laughs> I'm still sad. Yeah. But 
Uh, whatever. Um, so, chill out, chill out, Steve. So <laughs> Dean Norris's character actually seems to be almost the same, and I think some people might be trying to play the game like, okay, what happened first? Did he was at this town and then he moved to Albuquerque, or did you know um, <laughs> was he over there? But we don't know how Breaking Bad ends yet, so we can't ABQ. quite. You, do you have some uh, music for us? I do. Uh, this <laughs> is from because uh, I was like, okay, let me just see. Uh, if they have it, but this is a Breaking Bad theme song. Somebody made this. This is not the original one. I have it, but I don't have it on this iPod. So um, I got this from Spotify. It's from the TV theme players. Um, they make uh, other theme songs and sometimes actually have the original song from whatever they're looking for. But this isn't going to sound like a, like our normal thing that we're used to, but it's pretty close. So it's just going to be looping in the back. It's close. But All right. So here we go. Welcome to... Uh, Breaking Bad recap of first three episodes of the final eight. Um, Let me ask you right off the bat. This would have been a better question if uh, we had just seen that one first episode Hmm. uh, that started off. Did when when you watched it when you were watching it? Did you expect the confrontation to happen as quickly as it did? Um between Walt and Hank? Uh, not like immediately. Like I knew like they're going to, they're going to have to run into each other. And like, uh, honest to God, I really thought it was going to, they were going to, it was well, going to be gonna a go couple up episodes in before. Oh, he's going to sit on it for a little while. Like, yeah. And try to dig up dirt before he confronted him about it. Yeah. I just, I was, I mean, I'm, I think it's, it, now that, you know, a couple other episodes have played out since, um, yeah, of course, that's the way it has to happen. Plus, I mean, you only have so much time left, you know, in these, you know, final concluding episodes. But, uh, Jesus, I mean. The tension? Um, <laughs> not thick enough to cut through a knife, but thick enough you need a jackhammer for. Yeah. So, If you don't know who I am, I suggest you tread lightly. <laughs> I mean, god damn, man. He gets some great lines, doesn't he? Um... But I mean, and and Dean Norris, actually, uh, they uh, Opie and Anthony had him on uh, a week or two ago. Uh, they interviewed him. I mean, he's been in some things, obviously, before. You know. Oh my God! I didn't write that down. I knew I should have. We'll have to get to it later. He was in. Um, yeah, I need a Blade Runner. Did you know that? I didn't know that. No. Mm. He's uh, he's been in a bunch Starship of Troopers. Things. We have to get back yeah, to that. Yeah, Starship Troopers. But uh, Dean Norris. Um, He's really good, dude. I, I gotta say, and I haven't seen this, you know, under the dome. Uh, but uh, just, just the his his facial expressions mm-hmm. are just classic, dude. They're they're the way he and even Walt says it when he is in the garage. He's like, I don't like the way you're looking at me, <laughs> Mister Hank. But the, I mean. Yeah, he he does uh, he does a great work with uh, facial. Uh, he does great facial work. I, I got it's, it's it's facial, <clears throat> uh, not facial. It's uh, like almost like reactions and um, he's got great expressions. Yeah. Um, another show that does that very well is Arrested Development. But you know, yeah, he's he's great with that. So we will fast forward through this because uh, Jesse's having a hard time dealing Jesse. with guilt and. 
Don't you wish you lived in Albuquerque at that particular time when he's going in his little joyride, throwing... Yeah, that old man who starts off the last episode there. I uh, mean, the fact that it is, you know, blood money and, and just bad, bad money, I don't care. I mean, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have known if I just, you know, woke up and looked outside and there's a big chunk of... How much would you say that was? Like, that wad of money. Each individual. Yeah, because I don't. I have no idea. Uh, I'd say each one is maybe twenty-five thousand. Oh, God, how I'd love to be, you know, on that night during his That's joy guess. ride. It wasn't and, a joy you know, ride. and then maybe his I'll just, ride. I'll just, I'll just, you know, slowly drive down a ravine, crash into a. Uh, <laughs> A, a kid's playground and just start spinning on yeah, that. Yeah, what are those things called? Um, oh man, Ugh. It's, it's some name. You made me nauseous just looking at him on it. But Jesse, um, Jesse, for a character that, um, uh, why am I not thinking of his name? Aaron Paul. No, no. Uh, creator of. Oh, uh, Vince Gilligan. Yeah, Vince Gilligan was going to kill Jesse off in the first season. That mm-hmm, was the plan right. for Jesse, but it was Aaron Paul, the man. His uh, performance was that kept him. Yeah, it was. It's what allowed the character Jesse to continue. But Jesse, for being you know kind of like a a, a wigger, let's just <laughs> let's just say you know let's not mince words <laughs> or titles, but it's exactly kind of what he is. Um, but he isn't just he's a very complex character yeah and he takes things uh, saying taking things to heart isn't is is putting it lightly i mean like especially he with has kids a heart, put it yeah that way. he's probably of all of all the characters in breaking bad yeah he probably is the one who does really have a heart and or he is say, like would you say he's breaking good in a way, yeah. He's the only one that kind of is uh, regressing, but how? Yeah, I guess would you'd you be say? progressing yeah. because he's, progressing, yeah, yeah he's... exactly. Especially with kids, uh, Jesse has a has a weak spot when it comes to kids, and uh, uh, yeah, right off right off the bat in in these first couple episodes of the final eight, Jesse's just. He basically has a mental breakdown. Yeah. I think he's not shaving. Um, yeah, he's he's but yeah, he's having a mental, a mental, a mental and moral breakdown, and he just can't take it anymore. And he's actually kind of a complete um, in a coma until Hank spills the beans when he walks in. Up until that moment, Jesse doesn't care about anything, and then when he's like. Okay, uh, yeah, Hank walks in and says, you know, I know about my brother-in-law. All of a sudden, he kind of snaps out of it a little bit, mm-hmm. and then, you know, he meets uh, he meets uh, Walt and uh, Better Call Saul out in the desert. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, that whole thing, you know, you don't care about me. Makes me it's always each and every time they're out in the desert. Yeah. Like somebody's about to, to get whacked. Somebody. But, but um, I mean, you did get... It took me a minute uh, for a second there when he's waiting for uh, Saul's guy to show up to basically whisk him away to, uh, you know, a new life mm-hmm. uh, in a new place. It's like what's, to realize what was going on. Yeah, what, what is he realizing here? What's going on? And it's at that moment that he knows that 
Walt did poison Brock, mm. and uh, and he's. It's going to be very interesting to see how what plays off right off the bat in this next episode because Jesse is is out to the do what he originally wanted to do, which was put a bullet into Walt's head for you know killing. Yeah, or not, take, or did actually he didn't kill him. Just yeah, taking him. the ricin, which is what he thought originally, and poisoning Brock, which he didn't use the ricin. He still has the ricin right. in the back of. Because uh, let's not forget, he's chem- uh, Walt is a chemist, so he probably found something else to try to, you know. What did he, he used a lily of lily of the valley, hmm. that plant. That quick berry. shout out to the Nerdist podcast, which I just started listening to. Oh, um, that's a uh, Chris Hardwick. Yeah, and they did a. Uh, uh, they talked to Vince before the season started, so I got to listen to that episode. It was really enlightening. Um, and I also started DVRing Talking Bad. I haven't actually watched. I watched the last few minutes when they had Sam Jackson and uh, uh, Steve Odenkirk on it. Um, oh, Bob, 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 Odenkirk. Bob Odenkirk. Yeah. Those names the only uh, full one I've watched is the one uh, Anna Gunn and, and Aaron Paul were on it. Um, I didn't get to watch either one yet. But. Yeah. No, they're good. Um, that all originated from Talking Dead, right? Uh, which they did right off the bat from or each season so far of uh, The Walking Dead. But uh, I kind of wish they had done it with Breaking Bad. From the beginning? At first, I couldn't stand Chris Hyder. I'm like, oh, dude, <laughs> I can't stand this guy, dude. But actually, he's grown on me, and I, and I like the concept of uh, this, you know, the after show show oh and it would be great if more shows had shows like this yeah. because after an episode you're like i need to talk to somebody about this and right. you know there there it is you're able to discuss with other people or you know they're discussing it and it's like yeah yeah I mm. well, what about that um so how about the i don't want to generalize it as a slap you know heard around the world because of it but uh with uh skylar being slapped after she kind of reveals what it is that she knows. Being slapped by Sis? Yeah. Yeah, and it's funny because in the beginning of the show, um, it was kind of... uh, Marie was kind of like this... She had like a deep-seated kleptomaniac side to her, Mm -hmm. and uh, they weren't speaking because of the whole tiara thing or whatever. And Well, that's that's like apples and oranges. Basically... (laughs) Yeah, the um, well, because Marie realizes that she realizes right then and there what Hank says in this last episode. It's final, you know, one last, the only remaining nail has just been pounded into the coffin. Mm. Um, Is it Schrader or Schroeder? Schrader. Schrader. Okay. Schrader so, brow. So it's the Schraders versus the Whites. Yeah, I mean, once he, um, once she realizes, and then later he realizes that all of his uh, medical bills were paid with uh, drug money. Yeah, it's um, it's done. I mean, after Walt's ingenious um, handing over of his confession disc. And oh, that was like a, a jaw-dropping moment. And Amazing a moment. Where like, wait, what just happened? And like, he didn't. This is. This is prime evil. The thing is, Hank has no real hard evidence. Um, He really does. He has no evidence Mm. to. That is an episode I do need to revisit because I was distracted heavily. Um, So I I really wanted to watch it like last night. 
before I, you know, came here today, so I could be yeah. have it fresh in my mind. Honest to God, us doing this right now, I kind of wish I had went and watched all three of them again last night before we did the show because there's so many things that I'm not fuzzy about, but it's like well, the thing so about, much happened that right. I need to see it again. And it's the thing n- about these episodes is the way that I don't know it feels different from past episodes, but the way they're constructed, it's almost like. Almost like Mad Men, where there's like there's not much that happens, but there's a lot that happens in little bits. Right. There's a lot of dialogue. Yeah, there's you're a exactly lot of, right about that. Just, yeah. Because I'm thinking of the, the diner scene when I think it's probably in the second episode where yeah, Hank is. is talking to Skyler mm-hmm. and like, you know, if you want to just admit it or not admit it, but you know, come on my side. And even now, Skyler's still with Walt, and there, there's I kind of like that she's supporting him. Am I under sense. arrest? Am I under arrest? Am I under arrest? She makes a whole big scene. Yeah. And, oh, man. It was but that's so where she makes her stand right then and there. Mm-hmm. She, there's no, um, let me go and talk to him. Let me go and talk to this person. Let me go think about it. It's basically right then and there. She doesn't prove her, or she doesn't um, admit, maybe accidentally spill her guilt to to Hank, mm-hmm. but she stands by her man. She basically is, you know, saying, you know, the line is being drawn. I'm with my kind of estranged husband. Oh yeah. yeah you I know? almost kind of forgot they had their, their issues. And the bottom line is you don't know this yet, but I have been part of this whole thing since almost the beginning. And you know the uh, you know that funny little car wash we own. Maybe getting a second one. Well, that's how I launder Waltz. I take care of the money issue of it. But the bottom line is how you know how hard is not to mention he has no Hank has got no real evidence to bring him down with. And then with this uh, confessional um, disc that they take a look at, basically Walt is. He is a genius in more ways than one, and he could. That's not just a a gag. He could really use he, that stuff that he said and recorded himself. He could really use that. Mm-hmm. And then when he and then when Hank realizes, yeah, um, all my medical bills were paid with uh, drug money. What can he do? Hmm. What can right. he actually do? And he's already let it go on enough, and hasn't brought it to the attention of the DEA chapter in Albuquerque that he runs now. Mm-hmm. Um, look at his, his predecessor before his, his boss before him. He basically had to walk away because of his friendship with Gus Fring mm-hmm. and the whole time. And then Gus Fring ends up, Gus Fring ends up being, uh, you know, the meth kingpin of the Southwest Merker, that was his name, his, his boss, he basically was like, you know, I got to step down now. Hmm. Hank has already uh, let a good amount of time go by. Um, and just the fact that it's his brother-in-law, it's, he's in the same position as his predecessor. And even more so, because he's guilty by... Association. And, and in more ways than, yeah. Having Sunday dinners by the pool. I mean, it's just, it, it's, it's flabbergasting. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I, I'm having anal leakage right now. Just, just talking about it. So it's not even pins and needles. It's just 
uh, broken wood chips and nails at this point that you're sitting on. So. Pretty much. <clears throat> and uh, it will continue for us in real time tomorrow, but for you guys, uh, since oh, hopefully... Oh, tomorrow's Sunday. Ooh, yeah! Uh, so hopefully, if I'm, if I'm on schedule, this episode will be on by, like, Wednesday or Thursday. So, uh, but... Yeah, it's, we, it's. I mean, we could trust me. We could have uh, dedicated two segments to this uh, recap, but uh, can't. Yeah, there's, there's some. There was so much going on in the news and s- stuff. I still didn't even talk about that. Actually, I had written down, but it, I mean, it yeah, wasn't I kind of like, wanted to get into Syria. Yeah, yeah, that. Um, Not but, Syria isn't really what's going on because we all know that it's it's it's, it's still a, ongoing. I mean, I'm getting text messages from CNN about yeah. like ongoing stuff. I uh, mean, Ali Velchi is is basically growing hair <laughs> because of the stress. No, um, I wanted to talk about uh, the POTUS, and uh, he's got to be careful on this one. Now it's it's going to be <laughs> dated. I'm going to read it now anyway, but it's going to be dated by the time this comes out because. Uh, no doubt there's going to be um, developments after I read this, but um, uh, as my phone slowly loads, uh, President Barack Obama said that the United States should take military action against Syri- Sy- Syria Syria targets. So that's as targets, of yeah. 2 p.m. August 31st, 2013. So by the time this comes out, it's going to be September, probably... But he doesn't want to make the same mistakes that uh, George W. did or, you know, even maybe the Clinton did. I mean, he's got to he's got to be careful on this one. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's uh, there's a genocide going on, but there's genocides going on in Africa right now that we're not doing anything about. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. he's got to he's got to tread lightly as Walt. (laughs) (laughs) And somebody else had mentioned, like, with all the if we kind of focused on ourselves, maybe we can build ourselves up to be a better country because we've got a lot of domestic problems that not being, you know, and the, some of them are, but you the know, American populace overall is, is tired of, of war. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, overall, whether we're just a big melting pot of ignorance or not, I don't think people care what kind of atrocities are happening in that country? War and weary, or war? Yeah, war, I can't even say it because there's too many. People are sick of it, and people are actually realizing that our own country is war worn, falling apart at the seams, and you know we're still you know policing the rest of the world. So yeah, we can go on about it. We might even uh, record another lost episode for y'all. Because secretly, we have a lost one, and <laughs> we might share it with you someday. And and maybe we might even uh, air that uh, partial episode that you started recording without me. So. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't listened to it yet, but it depends. We'll, we'll, we'll see. But uh, we should wrap up this we got to wrap it up. So. Yeah, but I, I want to, uh, on behalf of... Uh, the LD crew, which consists of uh, me and Sterling. Right. <laughs> and the others, you know, they're just out in the world doing, doing their thing. But uh, thank you very much for, uh, you know, sticking with us. And, uh, you know. Belated, as... belated happy birthday to uh, our lovely Wendy. So, <laughs> yeah. belated yeah. happy birthday. It's, it's her birthday yesterday. Happy birthday, Wendells, to you. But thank you very much for listening to 115 of the Lost Dial, powered by allnoiseradio.com. And uh, remember, if the world didn't suck, we'd all fall off. Yep. See you later. Bye. Later.
The Lost Dial is brought to you by All Noise Radio, which is powered by the Connecticut School of Broadcasting in Farmington, Connecticut. It is executive produced by Michael James Dupal and T. Sterling Watson. To hear more of our show, download at thelostdial.podbean.com or subscribe on iTunes to get every new episode. Please rate us and leave us comments. To contact us, email us at thelostdial at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at thelostdial.com and find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the hell d crew. You can also give us a call at 860-342-8423. The Lost Dial is part of the Indube Network and is a 3SFX production. I'm lost in the world.